raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Wow. Uh, my name is Nigel. That's Hammer over there. We woke up to the uh, news today that Colts owner Jim Irsay had a drug OD back in the beginning of December, and it sounds like it was pretty bad. Hammer, TMZ broke the story. Right. Uh, TMZ had this first, and we'll talk about that coming up in just a moment, but the information... It started to be released out by a couple other agencies now as well, is that on December 8th, at around 4.30 in the morning, Jim Ursay was found lying on the floor and then ultimately moved into his bed. He was unresponsive, cold to the touch, gasping for air. Uh, this was a suspected overdose, according to the Carmel Police Department. Now, the Carmel Police Department documents that were first obtained by TMZ, showed cops were dispatched to his Carmel residence after someone said they had found the Colts owner unconscious on the floor with blue skin tone. Not good, man. And then when police first man. arrived on the scene, they say Ursay at this point was moved into his bed where he was struggling to breathe, had a very weak pulse, uh, constricted eye pupils, now, police say in these documents, again, from Karma Police, an attempt to wake him with a sternum rub was unsuccessful. So ultimately, they had to pass a dosage of Narcan on to Jim Ursay. And it sounds like, just reading these documents, Nige, they were minutes away from having to get the shock panels wow. out to use on the Colts owner. Well, what does the, the dosage of Narcan tell you? What can we glean from that? Because Narcan is a drug commonly used to revive people uh, in an opiate overdose situation. We don't know what drugs were in his system at right. this point, right? He had a list of prescription drugs, but all of that information had been redacted in the paperwork. Uh, so, yeah, this was a bad situation. Now, if you're looking for a timeline, because recently, you know, we heard Jim Mercer was having a respiratory issue. The timeline works like this, and it's kind of bizarre. December 8th, that's when this alleged overdose took place at Ursay's house. But he was seen at the Steelers game, the Pittsburgh Steelers game, on Saturday, December 16th. And it wasn't until recently that we were told that he's battling a respiratory illness. So maybe these are two separate things. Right. Yeah. There is some nasty stuff going around, but I just want to make sure everybody's kind of on the timeline here. And there are no criminal charges filed here. No. So no, I, I'm assuming there were no illicit narcotics he has had trouble in that arena before right so I, I have you know lots of questions was this a relapse situation was this an accident um, was he mixing meds that were dangerous that he didn't know were dangerous when you mixed them I have no idea there's a lot of questions and it's totally fair and it's totally okay to wonder about this now the Colts have released a statement in regards to Jim Ursay's health quote he is still recovering from his respiratory illness. We will have no further comment on his personal health, and we continue to ask that Jim and his family's privacy be 
respected. Now, you mentioned earlier, Nige, this isn't the first rodeo with Jim Ursay dealing with things like this. Oh, he's had a long battle with addiction, for sure. Yeah. He even talked about it in an interview that he did with Andrea Kramer on HBO's Real Sports. How many times did you go into rehab? Oh, God, at least 15 times. Have you actually ever overdosed? Oh, yeah. One time I, I was trying to detox myself. Um, and I and I mixed, uh, you know, uh, multiple drugs that, that that I didn't know anything about, and so all of a sudden I start slurring my words, and then um, cold blue, I stop breathing, and they revive me, and the doctor goes, um, Jim, you're one lucky man because I had signed virtually the death certificate. Wow. That sounds pretty identical to what we're hearing about happened on December 8th. Now, in that same episode of Real Sports, this interview that he did with Andrea Kramer, Jim Ursay, I don't want to say throws the Carmel Police Department under the bus, but he claims that that time that he got arrested and we all saw the mugshot, right, and the video of him kind of struggling to get out of the car, the reason that happened was because he's a white billionaire. Numerous bottles of pills were found in Ursay's car, and he ultimately pleaded guilty to driving under the influence. Was that the low point for you? No, not really, because the arrest was wrong. I had just had hip surgery and been in the car for 45 minutes. And what, they asked me to walk the line? Are you kidding me? I can barely walk at all. And so I, you're saying you couldn't walk because you'd had the hip surgery, not because you were on any kind yes. of painkillers? I mean, I'm not saying that. It's a fact. So why did you plead to the misdemeanor? Just to get it over with, look, I am prejudiced against because I'm a rich white billionaire. If I'm just uh, the average guy down the block, they're not pulling me in. Of course not. Do you know what it's going to sound like if people hear you say they're prejudiced against a rich white I don't care what it sounds like. It's the truth. I don't, you know, Andrea, I could give a damn what people think, how anything sounds or sounds like. The truth is the truth, and I know the truth. So Jim Ursay, in that interview... His own words claims that the Carmel Police Department is prejudiced against him because he's a rich white billionaire. And they said they got it wrong. They said hip surgery. That's why I'm messing around. That's why I can't walk the line. So we've got our news director in studio here, John Herrick. And the reason I played that last clip is because it sounds to me that if I'm somebody with the Carmel Police Department and I've got Jim Ursay up here throwing me under the bus... The last thing I want to do is try to protect the guy that just called me out on national television here. So I see this question a lot on social media, John. Why did TMZ get this story first as opposed to anybody here in Indianapolis? Well, I I don't want to speak for TMZ, uh, but one thing I will say about them, if you watch any of their shows uh, and whenever somebody's talking on camera, they have a rather large newsroom. They have a lot of people. We have a pretty good newsroom here, but we don't have the resources TMZ has. Now, TMZ has also been known to put some stuff out there in the past that's either half true, not all the way true, or reporting something that uh, they might have obtained in a very, you know, underhanded way. We didn't want to do that at first. We read the report, but we were like, okay, we need to figure this stuff out for ourselves. When did you hear about 
this situation because there had been some rumors yeah. that this had happened a while back, I believe. Yeah, and I didn't hear anything about it in December. But then once I started hearing about it, that, that possibly TMZ was reporting it this morning, then you get on the phone with the Carmel Police Department or you try to. And I know we've reached out to them. I'm sure other outlets have had had to, too. But I'm sure, you know, they didn't respond to us. And I can imagine they don't want anything to do with that. OK, so somebody so. had to reach out to TMZ. Yeah. Yeah. You, the WIBC newsroom, did reach out to the Carmel Police Department. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we didn't hear it back from them, but we were able to go and find the same documents that they found. Now, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, it's it takes a little finagling. You, you got to go on to different websites. You got to see which. Um, okay, for example, if the Carmel Police Department is involved in this, maybe you go and you research uh, documents in, in Hamilton County Courts, or you look at you you try to look at you know you look up things on my case. That doesn't always work, yeah. but you you have to do a lot of work as a journalist. So you what saw I'm the actual report. Yes, you're not just reading what TMZ. Yeah, no, I we we did see the report, and I think and clearly other outlets in the market saw it too, which is why they waited until later. But that's I think that's what you're seeing guys is it's not that we don't look at things from tmz and go that's automatically not true we look at it and go okay that's probably going to be true but we need to also vet this situation for ourselves right because i'm not here to smear tmz because as honestly i think they do a lot of good work and they're usually pretty good about their stories they're they're first they're usually pretty accurate i was just wondering why somebody because somebody had to have leaked this story out from yeah. mm-hmm. inside at the Carmel Police Department. Why would they reach to TMZ when they could have went here in Indianapolis? Yeah, uh, and, and maybe that's because they might have thought somebody could smear his name. I, I, I don't know. But th- that's the other thing, too. Well, we don't know that it got leaked. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you found it, if yeah. you were able to find the documents, yeah. then it, just maybe, and they were already out there, yeah. maybe uh, TMZ came across. And, and that's the tough part when you do stories like this. You've got to be able to separate fact from opinion, um, because th- there's a lot going into this. And and yeah, the Colts, that's the other thing, too. You, you do try to reach out to the Colts, and the Colts just stuck to their line about his recent, his recent illness, which that's another thing, like you said, Hammer, that complicates this, because... Those appear to be two separate incidents. Right. And the shame of all of this is that Jim Irsay has a lot going on, and a lot of it's not um, positive at the moment. So you, you have to try to separate church from state when you're reporting on a delicate story like this. Thank you so much for coming in here no to problem. break that down for us. Yep. That's our news director, John Herrick, here at 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. So Hammer, why are the Indiana Pacers trending on X right now? Because for the first time in a long time, 
the Pacers are buyers, not sellers, as we get close to the trade deadline here. Pacers pulled the trigger on acquiring an all-star to come to Indy. Now, this was a deal that had been rumored for a while, really picked up steam yesterday. The Pacers have acquired Pascal Siakam, who is an all-star forward with the Toronto Raptors. He's a scorer. He's pretty decent defender. All things are going to fit in perfectly here. The Pacers sent away Bruce Brown, who they acquired in the offseason, Jordan Nora, one of the young guys that doesn't play a lot, and their next three number one picks in the NBA draft. First round picks? First round picks. Wow, so, that's, that's, that's a lot. Now, you think? Siakam is a free agent yeah. at the end of this year. He might, he might not want to sign with the Pacers, and they're just giving away a buttload of players and draft picks? It sounds like they're working on an extension. Okay. I can't believe the Pacers would pull the trigger on that deal if there wasn't belief that he would sign an extension either soon or in the offseason. But the Pacers, now they're loading up. They're going after how, it, man. How will he mesh with Halliburton? Well, he plays in the front court, so it's not like he's going to be taking away a lot of the offensive flow, so to speak. Halliburton's still going to run the show. They're going to be able to complement each other. I think it's going to be good. He's athletic, runs the floor. So now your starting lineup for the Pacers, once they get everybody healthy, uh, Halliburton's injured right now. Halliburton and Buddy Heald in the backcourt and your front court, Matherin, Siakam, and Miles Turner. Solid. I like it, man. I like it. I'm just happy they're going for it. For so long, the Pacers are like the sellers, you know, giving away players to acquire draft picks. Screw draft picks, man. I'm in on it. Let's go. Let's make some noise this year and see what happens. Last night, did you watch IU Purdue? Yeah, I had it on in the background. I turned it off. It looked like it was going to be a blowout. So I'm playing dad duty, Mr. Bond, this week. Wife's out of town, so me and the kids just watched some YouTube videos and went to bed. Probably better viewing experience if you're an IU fan than anything that was on that court last night. <laughs> Purdue just beat the brakes off Indiana. Now, yeah. if you listen to this program right before we went off the air and the IU uh, radio network took over and John Herrick's awesome pregame oh, yeah, show. your bets. Three for three. Three for three. Scott Long hit his. David Stefanoff hit his. I hit mine. Nice. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Uh, but it was a blowout. I mean, IU cut it to like nine at one point in the second half, but then Purdue just stepped on their throat and beat the hell out of them. <laughs> Purdue's head coach, Matt Painter, he was asked what it's like to walk into Assembly Hall and deliver a beating like that. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. It's Matt well, Painter after the game well, last I used, night. I you swept Purdue last season. They did. Right? And they'd won three of the past four. But Purdue went in there last yeah. night and just opened up a can. On the flip side, this was IU's head coach, Mike Woodson, addressing his team in the locker room. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of damn nerds. Nerds! You can tell that's a joke because no way Mike Woodson's actually that energetic. Nerds! <laughs> uh, it's not looking good for the Hoosiers right now, man. They are on the struggle bus and uh, Purdue. I think that's their biggest margin of victory in Bloomington since like Whoa. the 30s or something like that. Long, long wow. time. Uh, Dateline, California. 
California homeowner had a close encounter with a 700-pound black bear. Now, this isn't like a little cubby bear that kind of walks up to your oh. window and puts up a paw. We're talking about a big black bear. This was this is the homeowner. It was living under the house, right? Got in the crawl space. Dude, that was that. I saw the size of that thing. That's terrifying. It was the Chris Christie of bears <laughs> running around, and it got into the crawl space. And ultimately, the woman threw some moth mothballs in the crawl space. That's what it takes. Apparently, smell, the smell of the mothballs will chase the 700-pound bear away. I had no idea. Like in the Hangover, I learned that uh, <laughs> tigers hate cinnamon, <laughs> but here I learned that bears hate mothballs. She tried yelling at the bear, but it didn't go of anywhere. Course. So, all right, that's good enough for us. Here we go. Great moments in shooing away bears history. This was a woman yelling at a big brown bear and two cubs. <laughs> <laughs> All three of the bears just looking at her like, what is wrong with this idiot? That's what Allison sounds like when she gets an email for an all-staff meeting. Oh, come on! <laughs> Great. Ah! Play it one more time. Just give me one ah! more time. Here comes the email. <laughs> <laughs> Great moments in shooing away Bears history. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Nobody in the world, not a nation, not a corporation, not a virus, not China, is going to defeat us. That is what American exceptionalism is all about. That is what we are going to revive to, yes, make America great again. Vote for this man right here in the New Hampshire primary. God bless you and your families, and may God bless our United States of America. Wow, Vivek Ramaswamy showing up to a campaign with Trump in New Hampshire on stage, giving him that big endorsement. That I could have sworn I heard fans chanting VP. That happened, to which Donald Trump kind of had that look on his face like, eh, yeah. let's let's take it easy here just a little <laughs> bit. Well, I, I would assume, I mean, Vivek's worth close to a billion dollars, and it doesn't seem like he takes direction very well. No. You know what I mean? Just Like, like you want to get involved with Trump, you want to get in bed with Trump, you better... You know, put your cards right. Just ask Mike Pence. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I feel like he would be wasted as the vice president. Yeah. Give me press secretary Ramaswamy. Can you imagine Vivek <laughs> standing up there at that podium that is... dealing with the Acostas and all of those folks of the world? I mean, we've already seen it at one of the debates where he was looking at Kristen Welker yeah. right in the face and called her out. That's the gig I would like to see if Donald Trump can get over the hump and get back into the White House. I think Vivek's taking the press secretary gig. If he wants to be involved, man, that would be a wild, wild thing to see. Um, so, again, in New Hampshire, Donald Trump had a speech last night. It was kind of a surprise. They brought up Vivek Ramaswamy. He dropped out after the Iowa caucus. He's encouraging all of his supporters to jump on the Trump train. And the one thing that... Vivek Ramaswamy has in common with Donald Trump, 
They're not afraid to rip people. No. And yesterday during this speech, and again, Ramaswamy was up there for like 10 minutes. I think at one point Donald Trump's kind of looking at the watch and <laughs> inching closer to the podium as if to say with his body language, all right, wrap it up. Right. A little quicker, a little quicker. But uh, Donald Trump rips on people. And last night, Ramaswamy ripped on Nikki Haley. We do have some enemies that we need to defeat on the other side, but we have challenges to address in our own party right here at home. So you know what? If you want somebody who's going to foist onto you to use your social media account, you want to use a driver's license to do it, to have the right to use the Internet, this man's not your man. There's another candidate in this race who'll do that for you. It's Nikki Haley. You want to send, you want to cut Social Security, you want to cut Medicare, you want to cut veterans' benefits so we can fork over more money to Ukraine so some kleptocrat can buy a bigger house? Vote for Nikki Haley, not this man right here. But if you want to actually put an agenda that puts Americans first, to say that the moral obligation of your leaders is to the citizens of this country, not another one, there is not a better choice left in this race than this man right here. And that is why I am asking you to do the right thing as New Hampshire and to vote for Donald J. Trump as your next president because we're not working with a lot of time here. You like what you're hearing right there, Nigel? I like the word kleptocrat. <laughs> Love that. Which it's a means, great scrabble which means word. N- Nikki Haley would be someone that, to use, that uses her political power to steal the country's resources. Kind of like what's happening right now. Like everybody is benefiting from United States money. Except us. for us, <laughs> except for us here in the United States. Now, a lot of people are wondering, do the values of Vivek align with the values of Donald Trump? He addressed that last night. Ideals like freedom and merit and the pursuit of excellence, that you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and your contributions, and affirmative action, and DEI. We are done with the nonsense. Send it back home. It means you believe in the rule of law. And I say this as the kid of legal immigrants to this country. That means your first act of entering this country cannot break the law, and that is why we need to use our military to secure our own southern border in this country. That's what it means to stand for the rule of law in the United States. One of the things that I'm hearing now, the way that having that belief that the military should be at the border The way it's being spun by like CNN and MSNBC is Trump wants to be a dictator with the military. Take a drink every time you hear somebody in the mainstream media call Trump a dictator. I mean, just take a day. I'm surprised they even added the tater at the end of it. If Rachel Maddow thought she could get away with it, she would drop the tater from the word. But that's a vague man, quite an orator. He is one of the best. I mean, he's got, I, I think he's better than Obama, quite frankly. He's a Ob- hype man. There's no doubt. I don't think I've ever seen low energy Vivek. <laughs> quite the opposite of Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. <laughs> low energy low Jeb. Low energy Jeb. <laughs> uh, newly released 911 call from the time where the Pentagon's chief had to be taken to the hospital, has been released. The defense secretary. Defense secretary. And (laughs) listen to the... This whole story is crazy. Nobody knew where this guy was for days. The secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin. Right. Biden didn't know where he was. Biden doesn't know where he's at. (laughs) 
walked, I walked right into that one. <laughs> Where I just teed you up and you knocked it out of the park, didn't I? The people pretending to be Joe Biden, <laughs> they're the ones that should know where the defense secretary is at. But Defense Secretary Austin's handlers, when they called 911, they were basically begging the 911 crew to, hey, turn off the lights. Let's keep this subtle. Can I, can I ask, like, can the ambulance not show up with lights and sirens? Um, we're trying to mm-hmm. remain a, a little subtle. <laughs> or like, as in, we don't want people to know that one of the most powerful guys in the military is incapacitated. And the thing is, they pulled it off. Like, for a week, you know, the White House didn't know. And, and for a week, and this is as 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 United States cargo ships and military ships are, are being targeted by Hooties. Right. The Hooties. And it's not like there aren't other things happening. Like, that popped up out of seemingly nowhere, yeah, even though it's been sea. happening for a while. Uh, but there's major conflicts going on that the United States has interest in. And the guy that's in charge of it all was just off the grid for like a week. And the Biden administration just shrugs their shoulders. Eh, Hell, I don't know. Like, that's not the response you want, especially when hell's breaking loose. Which brings us to great moments in 911 call history. Oh, wow. Who could forget the time where Jesus Christ (laughs) broke into the Pizza Hut? High point nine one one. What is your emergency? Yes, this is Jesus Christ, and I just broke into the Pizza Hut. I broke the window, and I'm here. Jesus is here now. He's back. He's back to earth. All right. And uh, so you don't work there? No, I just broke in, had a pizza. I'm Jesus. And what was your name again? My name is Jesus. What's your last name, Jesus? Christ. <laughs> okay. And what do you look like? I look like Jesus. What else am I supposed to look like? Why? Why'd you do that? Because I'm Jesus. I can do whatever I want. We're uh, tired of Judas's on this earth. We're going to clean this earth up. So what are you up to? Man, where do you live at? I don't. I'm from heaven. How'd you get over over to the Pizza Hut? <laughs> I'm from heaven, sir. Okay. And did you break a front window? Yeah, I broke the door window, sir. And did you eat a pizza? Yeah. <laughs> Had a Mountain Dew. Jesus, Mountain Dew guy. A lot of people don't know that. Jesus, Mountain Dew guy. Uh, Great moments in 911 call history. This was a woman that was at home, and she looked outside, and she saw a gentleman making love to her tree. Oh. Um, there's a guy out on the street, and he is, like, really screwed up. I don't know if it's, like, basalt or what it is, but he's trying to get into my neighbor's car. He ran up on us. We have children. He's talking about he's God. He's, like, obviously tripping. He's in my neighbor's yard. His pants are down, or? Yes, he is trying to a tree. Great moments in <laughs> 911 call history. But I just love that whoever the aide was for Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, it, like said, hey, could you just keep it on a down low? Got one of the most powerful guys in the country going to the hospital. And it was some, something with his prostate, by the way. That's, right. that, that's what was going on. And again, I have no problem with Lloyd Austin going to the hospital. Yeah. If he needs treatment, get him treatment. I hope he's better. Like, I really do. I hope he's going to be okay. But you got some little worm, some weasel, some press guy trying to keep it subtle. Can I pull around back and turn off the lights? Can you just bring, you know, a Dodge Stratus? (laughs) Can we just throw him in the back of that? It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
Looking at a poll of the most impactful TV moments in the history of the medium. Want to know what the top five are? Sure. We'll start with number one. Um, Neil Armstrong landing on the moon, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Okay, that's pretty... Yeah, that's number so, one. So that's the number two, live coverage of 9-11. Okay. Again, these are the most impactful TV moments in the history. Uh, number three, the Beatles performing on Ed Sullivan in 64. Oh, the kinda, iconic appearance. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, number four, the premiere episode of the miniseries Roots. Okay, so back in 1977, when that aired, um, that type of subject Boy, matter was really that was, controversial. That was rough, that's, and that's a rough, that's a rough watch too. And running out the top five, um, Walter Cronkite on CBS announcing the the death of JFK. He takes the glasses off. He looks at the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have no complaints about anything on that list. It's all right there. Um, so in honor of these impactful TV moments, Nige, we're going to play a little game. I've got five TV theme songs lined up. Okay. If you can name three or more, I'm going to give you a shot of this awesome old Forester that oh, we got the other night. Jack Daniels people gave it to us. Yes. This awesome 95 proof bourbon. Okay, if on. you can't name three out of five, I'm going to take it and drink it right in front of you. <laughs> what a jerk. So you got to get three oh. out of five. Okay, number one. Family. Um, uh, uh, we need an answer. No. I mean, I know it. Uncle Jesse, Joey. Three. Bob Saget. Two. Uh, one. Full House. Yes! At the buzzer. <laughs> At the buzzer. All right. <laughs> I just couldn't get it. I hate this. One for one. Number two. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Love it. Beats all you never saw. Name that show. Duke's a hazard. Bing, 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 bing. All right. Now you're cooking. You just got to get one more. Come on, baby. I want that shot. Number three. Growing pains. Yeah! Sweet. Let me see if I can name the last two. All right, let's go down the line here. See if you can pull the uh, the no hitter out and go all for all. Here we go. Number four. Love boat. Oh come on! If you don't get this right with the industry you've chosen, I'm throwing you out of the studio. Oh, WKRP in Cincinnati. Thank you. I don't know why I saw that. I don't know why I said love boat. And number five. Yeah. Night Court. Love it. Slap like that base of the Night Court. Have you watched the new Night Court yet with John Larroquette and some of the old people that are from the show? Yeah. The uh, the star is the chick that was Bernadette from The Big Bang Theory, the blonde-haired girl. She's uh, Harry's daughter in the show. It's... Is it any good? I'm trying to get into it. Like, my wife and I have recorded it, and we've watched a couple. I, I tried to watch the one on Christmas Day where it was, like, Christmas themed. I couldn't get through it. I just, yeah, I it's... Do it. I don't know if it's going to survive the cut. Like, it's about to be deleted from the uh, the DVR. It's just... John Larroquette, to me, is the only good part about the show. Dan Fielding. Mm -hmm. uh, he's yeah. back for the show, but eh, not really into All it. All right, give me my shot over here, please. 
So Nigel's been given the shot. He successfully named all of the TV shows in our contest. Get ready here. What is it? What are we drinking again? This is Old Forester, uh, Kentucky Straight Cheers. Bourbon, uh, 95 proof. There you go. Mm. How's that driest January uh, treating you, Nigel? <laughs> really good. <laughs> Do not go anywhere. <laughs> Top stories, an update on the weather. It's all coming up next. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? <laughs> so let's rock! I love how Tara Hastings was, I mean, basically saying, yeah, it's like uh, tropical uh, weather out there uh, today. It's a, it's a warm-up today of 21 degrees. Walk outside in your Borat thong and just <laughs> hang out like you're in Florida or Bermuda somewhere. It's not that cold, guys. Is it not that yes. cold guy the worst on social media? Not that cold guy is the worst. Wearing shorts in the dead of winter guy is the worst. <laughs> and I know a guy like that. My buddy Scott. Oh, Big Joe wearing oh, shorts Big all Joe the time. Big Joe never wore pants. Are my, you kidding me? My father-in-law, late great brownie, always wore shorts. But he never give you a lecture, right? Minus 20 is minus 20. And that's what the wind chill was Man, like I, last couple of days. When I was dropping uh, the kiddo off at school today, we saw another kid riding his bike to school in oh, shorts. no. It was four degrees out. My goodness. Yeah, that's that's a problem. <laughs> and a, Man, a, I've lived here my whole life. And I'm telling you, when the wind chill gets minus 20, it's cold. When your boogers are freezing. It's cold. When you dread taking out the trash, it's cold. When you dread going to the freaking mailbox, it's cold. When you're peeing outside and your pee freezes instantly. Cold. Freaking cold, Thank you. man. Now, if you want something to get excited about, I'm listening I'm, I'm looking at uh, Wish TV their uh their 8-day forecast, extended forecast. Okay. Coming up Tuesday of next week, showers in 40. Okay. What about this Saturday, Nige? Oh, uh, crappy in 17. <laughs> it actually says crappy. No, it doesn't say crappy. But I think the snow, uh, it might want to get Marcus Bailey on the horn sometime tomorrow or Friday. I think there's the, there could be a bunch of snow coming in Thursday and Friday. Well, you say a bunch. Now people are going to freak out. Uh, We're here one, one, one to three. Two to four. But still, I, there's nothing worse than the it's cold, get over it guy on social media. Oh, sorry, we got ourselves a badass <laughs> over here. The older I get, the colder I get when yeah. I walk outside. I think it's an age thing. The older thing. I get, the colder I get. I like it. Um, this tweet from <laughs> Reverend Charles Harrison, interesting. There have been 34 people shot, three stabbed, and 12 people killed in the first 17 days of Jeez. 2024. We have to keep the homicide numbers under 17 per month 
to make sure we go under 200 for the year. So under 17 a month is kind of where we want to live at here. I'm going over for this month if I'm a betting man. 12 already on the board. Now, with that 12, let's dive into the numbers here. Fox 59 has got a story that shows basically half, almost half, five of those 12 homicides could be considered justified killings as the prosecutor reviews the cases here. So as Ryan Mears and the Good Time Party Boys look at these cases, some of these were castle doctrine or self-defense. So the way that I look at these numbers here, number one, people feel like the only way to get criminals off the street is taking care of business yourself. Vigilante style. You know, somebody breaks into your house and you shoot and kill them. I don't consider that vigilante, but no, no, no. no. Yeah, I also right, know right. they're not going to get back out on the streets the next day. You're right. Number two, I think people understand what the laws are with like the castle doctrine, things like that. And people are carrying more, not because of constitutional carry, but because of the uptick in crime and the lack of faith in the leadership in this city. 34 people shot, three stabbed, 12 killed in the first 17 days. And five of those could be justified. Yes. Now, I'm going to play you a piece of audio here. Again, this is from a Fox 59 story. Uh, This is a defense attorney, a guy by the name of John Topkins, talking about permitless carry and how more homeowners are killing people. It's a lot more likely that if someone's reaching towards their belt and it's a lot easier to carry a gun without a permit, a person who sees that reach reasonably thinks, oh, he's going for a gun. It is not (laughs) easier to carry without a permit. I can't believe it's been two years since constitutional carry, permitless carry became the law, and we still have to remind people, like smart people, what it actually means. Like, I don't know who John Tompkins is. I'm sure he's probably a smart guy, but it's- That statement was dumb. It's still the same process. You still- have to get a background check to get your weapon. The only thing you don't have to have is a piece of paper that says you had a background check and got the weapon. If you've had a felony, you can't get a weapon. I, I listened to that clip, and I, I thought to myself, he's like bummed out that more intruders are dying because of permanentless carry. More, <laughs> right. more bad guys are going to die because of permanentless carry. Good. Right. Don't threaten me a, with a good time. I'm kidding. It just floors me because you hear Boss Hogsett say this stuff. Random morons on social media still feel like you could have eight felonies, be out in the streets, walk into a 7-Eleven and get yourself an AR-15. <laughs> That's not how this works. It's not how it ever worked. You still have to pass a background check. And if you've had a felony, you still can't legally get a firearm. You said Boss Hogsett. It just reminded me that my wife texted me from the airport a couple of days ago. <laughs> she saw Boz Hogshead at the airport. She goes, yeah, there's this guy that I thought I recognized. And he was just kind of 
wandering around aimlessly. Didn't seem like he knew where he was going. He was wearing a suit that was five times too big for him. And then I realized, oh, that's that's Hogsett. That's the mayor. He was by himself and didn't know exactly where to go. Did he have bar stamps all over his hand? <laughs> no. No, she didn't say anything about bar stamps, but I just thought she was that was funny how she was describing he was kind of like like aimlessly walking and not really knowing where he was going and just kind of I believe it. I believe that 100% because during around during the debate that Hogsett had against his clone Hogsett 2.0 Jefferson Shreve, they were talking about permitless carry and how anybody can get a gun. That's not how this works. If you have a felony, can't get a gun. If you are somebody that is required to get a background check, then you can get a gun if you pass it. <laughs> These stores aren't just passing them out left and right. I hate that oh, argument that so crime is up because of constitutional carry. Nope. More people are carrying because Boss Hogsett and Ryan Mears are weenies and they're not doing their jobs. Speaking of crime, let's um, go to San Francisco where it's out of control there. We think it's bad here. Even some Targets and Walmart stores in San Fran are now pulling their underwear and socks in locked cases. So now, like, you go to these stores, like, if they sell alcohol, maybe that's behind a locked case or razor blades, Trojans. (laughs) Right. Now it's underpants. Yes, now it's underwear. Here is a couple of customers reacting to the changes, along with a Richmond City Council member talking about the drastic measures taken by these stores. It comes to the point, like, how how ghetto does it look that they have to lock up the socks (laughs) or whatever it is that they have under key? If I was getting socks right now, it would be very inconvenient. I'd be very upset. I got to call somebody to come open up the counter for me to get socks. That is uh, crazy to know that the socks and the underwear are being put under lock. The costs will go up. Our, our residents will have to pay more or they'll have to commute and travel farther to pick up their, their groceries, to pick up their socks. And it's, it's really going to be hurting our community. I mean, I've heard, you know, stores used to lock up the cologne. Right. Or at least to be behind glass uh, in a glass counter. But, but really, never socks. In, through the looms, really? <laughs> Hanes? I'm surprised that these stores in San Francisco don't have like a looter rewards club program. <laughs> where you come in there and you, you get your little hole punched, then you can just steal all you want. And the next time you come back, you get a VIP cart. By the way, I've, I've recently made a switch in the underwear department. Oh, really? Really. Um, I'm now mixing in occasionally boxer briefs. Okay. Which are different than boxers. Okay. I don't like it when I've for years, you know, the boxers have been bunching up. I don't like to bunch up, you know? Okay. I like to have a little you know, a little firmness down there. A little, so you're um, 47 years old, yes, right? Yes. It took you 46 years to learn I want to change my underpants. Well, I was I was whitey tidies until my 20s. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was whitey tidies. My boys That's, my boys need a home. It's a god awful visual, but go ahead. <laughs> And then I switched to boxers. In my mind, I, I see Hunter Biden in those tidy whities <laughs> with the scarf on. And the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, locking up the underwear and socks in, in locked cases. You know, I, I got to tell you, like, I, I smell a new 
television series from Hammer and Nigel TV. Oh. Coming soon to NBC. Thong Squad. Locked and loaded. <laughs> undercover shopping edition. Get ready to laugh your pants off with our <laughs> undercover team. Because when it comes to security, they've got it covered from top to bottom. The lawyers have looked at all the briefs. Looks like Target Hey-o. and Walmart are locking up the underwear due to shoplifters. They are really cracking down. <laughs> Don't miss a cheeky moment featuring Calvin Klein and Ralph Lauren as they unveil every tidy whitey situation. Thong Squad. Coming soon to Must See TV. <laughs> I could have gone all day without talking about Nigel and his tidy whities I'm not going to lie. Hammer and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Yeah, Hammer, how do we play Is This Anything? I'll run some stories by you. You break down all the information and give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Is this anything? As Chicago deals with frozen lake snow and brutal wind chill, some owners of Teslas, they're upset that their car batteries have been dying on them in these brutal conditions. Yeah. Here are some Tesla owners talking about their situation. And then you're going to hear the head of the Chicago Auto Trade Association giving the proper steps to fix the problem. Whatever. No juice. It's still on 0%. And this is like three hours this morning being out here after being out here eight hours yesterday. Man, this is crazy. It's, it's, it's a disaster. Seriously. Just, oh, we got a bunch of dead robots out here. It's not plug and go. You have to precondition the battery, meaning that you have to get the battery up to the optimal temperature to accept the fast charge. <laughs> is that anything? That's something for sure. That that's what the Biden administration and Pete Buttigieg want you to drive all the time are these electric vehicles, even in the winter, even in snowstorms, even in nor'easters, where, or even in, in lake effect uh, wind, 40 degrees below zero, you better drive that electric vehicle. These people can't charge the vehicles. You heard that guy who was spending there three hours sitting there trying to charge it at a station. And he said he was there eight hours the day before. They suck. Electric vehicle. I love Teslas. I would drive one in the summer. I wouldn't go on a long road trip on one. I'm not saying I wouldn't drive one, but to, to you know, to mandate, like, you know, California wants to be uh, uh, all electric cars are only being produced by a certain number of years. No. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine this being is- in that cold? That you know, Chicago winter is a horse of a different color. Yeah, different than here, for sure. We get cold here, they get really cold. That wind whips off the lake. It feels like you're being stabbed in the face, it's so harsh. Just think the Biden administration and those crazy climate control cultists, that's that's what's going to happen. Get used to it if they get their way. Get ready, Bal. Here comes your car being stranded in a nor'easter. Is this anything? A Florida man is accused of throwing a beer can at people speeding in his neighborhood. Good. And then firing three shots out of his AR-15. Well, maybe not so good. Guess which county it occurred in. Uh, Polk? 
Polk yeah. County, which means we get to hear from Sheriff yes. Grady Judd. Yeah. A dude speeds past his house, <laughs> at least he said he did, and he throws a beer can at him. And then he goes down there and confronts them about speeding in the neighborhood, to which he says, I'm going to go get my 15. He comes out <laughs> with his rifle, and the dude shoots three times, once in the air, twice in the ground. So he's locked up in the county jail. Aggravated assault, felonies, overspeeders. Uh, yeah, that's something for sure. That's that's one way to deal with speeders in your community. Because at hey, first look, it sounded like you were on board with him. You know, well, he's the, the the first thing he did was throw the beer at the car that was speeding. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I got kids, man. I see people up and down speeding down my all the time. I got other neighbors that have just railed DoorDash drivers, like screaming at them. Uh, but the, yeah, the AR-15. <laughs> that's where you draw the line. That may right have been there. a bit excessive. And to do that in Polk County, yeah. when you know who the sheriff is, that's a bold, bold decision. Which brings us to great moments in Grady Judd yes. history. The sheriff of Polk County, Florida, talking about potential school shooters. But if you come to a school in this county armed, we're going to do our best through either our guardians, our school resource officers, or our school resource deputy sheriffs to eliminate the threat outside of the school before they ever get to the children. We're trained to do that. Now, if you have trouble understanding that, let me give it to you in Polk County vernacular. <laughs> this is the last thing you'll see. He's pointing his gun. Before we put a bullet through your head if you're trying to hurt our children. We're going to shoot you graveyard dead if you come onto a campus <laughs> with a gun threatening our children or shooting at us. Trump needs to immediately name him his vice president. Graveyard dead. Grady uh, Judd, vice president. Great moments in Grady Judd history. Here is the sheriff of Polk County <laughs> talking about looters. But we have received information in social media that some of the criminals were going to take their criminal conduct into the neighborhoods. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County. Because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns. And they're going to be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house with their guns. <laughs> Great moments. And Grady yes. Judd history. Like, the Pacers made a big trade today. Can we make a trade? Can we package Boss Hogsett and Ryan Mears oh, love and a prosecutor yeah. to be named later to <laughs> Polk County to get Grady Judd up here? That'd be awesome. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 
So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Polls, 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 Hammer. Six days to go until New Hampshire's Republican presidential primary. And a new poll says former President Trump remains the clear frontrunner, but former ambassador, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is a close second. What say you? Close is an interesting word. Like, is anything under 10% close? Because if that counts as close, then okay. But I think if you get beat by 10 points in a basketball game, that's not close. But compared to what happened in Iowa, maybe this is close. Because the last poll that I saw, Donald Trump was polling around 50% in New Hampshire, and Nikki Haley was around 34%. See, I thought it was close. I saw the the latest one I saw was they were a little bit closer than that. Okay. Look, Nikki Haley's going to do well in the northeast part of the United States because she has Democrat tendencies. That's a very blue part of the country. And of all the candidates that are left, the final three that are still up there, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, and Nikki Haley, which one is more likely to partner with Chuck Schumer? I think it's Nikki Haley. Yeah, I mean, she's got Democrats voting for her. She's got Democrats donating to her campaign. Right. Now, DeSantis is getting his ass handed to him in New Hampshire. He's only polling at like 5%. So, from what we're reading now, it sounds like he's moving a lot of his campaign staffers just to South Carolina. Which, honestly, I don't know if that's going to do him any good or not, because that's Nikki Haley's home state. Right. While that's closer to Florida and the South is more apt to vote for Republicans, Nikki Haley in her home state... It's a bold, bold strategy, Cotton, to try to go after her there. So I think DeSantis may be on his final legs of this campaign. If he gets his backside handed to him in New Hampshire and South Carolina, that's got to be it, right? I don't understand that with Republicans. I understand that Trump... Look, I think this was just not DeSantis's time to run. Should he have waited? I think he should have waited. He's a young guy, still in his 40s, I think. Serve out, you know, your final. I don't know how many times you could consecutively govern the state of Florida. I don't know what the rules are, but yeah, you wait until uh, you know four more years, and I think that would have been your time in 2028. Because the old political adage is, you strike while the iron's hot, and he was hot in Florida, right? He stood up to Disney. He stood up to crap being taught to your kids in school. Yeah, the woke culture wars. I'm not sure how well that resonated, though, uh, with the rest of the country. Interesting. That's a great point. Because I wish we had Ron DeSantis as our governor here. Especially during COVID. And I think a lot of people feel that way, but apparently not. New Hampshire is getting his backside handed to us. And again, every time Joy Reid or somebody on The View says, Iowa doesn't represent the country. Well, number one, moron, it's a primary. So I think Iowa Republicans (laughs) do represent what Republicans are probably looking for. And number two, if you're going to say that about Iowa, you have to say it about New Hampshire. New Hampshire might not represent what people who are conservative want. Too many white Christians in New Hampshire for you, Joy? 
a lot of libertarians, a lot of Democrats that all of a sudden are enamored by Nikki Haley up there. So last night in New Hampshire, Donald Trump, he's still leading in the polls, even though different polls say different things about how close Nikki Haley may be. He's still leading and he's calling for Haley and DeSantis to drop out. We have these two people. We really got to get back on to Biden and beating the Democrats and not wasting a lot of time with these two. I get it. I I think I probably agree with that. I mean, if Trump's going to be the guy, then he's the guy. And Donald Trump needs to stop spending money on these campaigns and focus on Joe Biden. Because right now, Joe Biden, he's going on vacation every day. He's kicking his feet up. He's crapping his pants. He's making his money. (laughs) He's shaking hands with the air. He's not having to spend anything. God, did you see that footage of Biden sneaking up on that girl in the classroom over the weekend? (laughs) And she just kind of was startled and turned around. Well, wouldn't you be? Her eyes got as wide as Buick hubcaps, and she was like, hey, Good Lord, why is the Crypt Keeper sniffing my hair? (laughs) Uh, Nikki Haley was also hitting the campaign trail. Ah, She's in New Hampshire. She claims that she, not Donald Trump, is the most electable candidate. Trump and Biden are pretty much even. On a good day, Trump will be up by two points. I am in every one of those same polls. And I defeat Biden by 17 points. Okay, but what does that say that Democrats have a tendency to like Nikki Haley? What does that say that the national media really seems to have a fascination with Nikki Haley? I don't like any of that, to be honest with you. Uh, Nigel, if you're looking for a reason to drink tonight, not that we ever need a reason, per se, uh, Kid Rock is 53. Ah, the KID. I like his Nashville bar. Have you been down to Nashville? No, uh, well, I've been to Nashville. I've not been to his bar. Uh, but I, what, you sent pictures over the weekend or a couple of weeks ago when you were there. It looked great. Yeah, and the music they play there. Because every bar on that strip on Broadway has music. Hell, even the Taco Bell has like a live band in it. Uh, but the Kid Rock bar, it's bands that play a mixture of like hard rock, like ACDC, Southern rock, and like some fun country songs. How old is he? Kid Rock is 53. Oh, 53. Okay. So he's yeah. middle-aged rock Man, now did, at this um, point. Uh, I'll never forget, he played X-Fest when I worked uh, at X-103 back in the early 2000s. I mean, just absolutely killed it. I mean, that was when he was on top of the world. Like, you're maybe 2000, 2000... Ball at maybe, the ball days? Um, or? 99, I think Kid Rock played. I think Kid Rock and Creed played, man. It was cra- it was a crazy lineup. And we saw him at the hotel afterwards. It was an after party at the hotel. He stumbles... I still regret this. Um, he stumbles off the tour bus. <laughs> stumbles. With, with, a, with a bottle of Jack Daniels in one hand and a porn star in the other. <laughs> That's the life, isn't it? I mean, isn't that all we're asking for? <laughs> so we got, I think me and my buddies got our picture ticket with him or something like that, but I, I always regret not saying, you know, 
dude, this is our concert. This is our radio station. Can we come up and party with you? That's oh, yeah. But instead, I just got intimidated and walked away. He did Carb Day one year. And, like, that's the ultimate Carb Day artist right there. You know, he gets announced on stage. Oh, it's hotter man. than hell. Yeah. He comes out in the fur coat in, like, the pimp hat, mm-hmm. takes off the fur coat, and he's got a Peyton Manning jersey on. And the crowd goes insane. Uh, but, no, his place in Nashville, they call him the Honky Tonks. Uh, the food is really good. Like, it's expensive, but, damn, you get big pork. And it's pretty good. And I'm pretty sure his house in Nashville was built to look like the White House. <laughs> I could have that wrong. Allison, you might want to look that up if you can. Kid Rock, Nashville house. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's several. I think his property is in Detroit and Nashville. and But I think it's supposed to look like the White House. Signature song from Kid Rock. Cowboy. Cowboy. More than Ball with the Ball or American Badass or All Summer Long, go with Cowboy. See, man, like, yeah, a lot of those later, when he started kind of going Southern Rock, yeah, I'm still going Cowboy. Okay. And it was a huge, huge, huge monster hit. That album, but, Devil Without a Cause, was a monster. So we're going to do great moments in Kid Rock history in honor of his birthday. This is when <laughs> Bud Light came out with their uh, ad campaign that may or may not have featured Dylan Mulvaney, <laughs> and Kid Rock lines up a bunch of Bud Light and shoots them with an AR-15. Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Started blowing away the Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light and Anheuser Busch. Have a terrific day. Okay, I'm a- narrator, but his bar still yeah. sells it. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. I think there was a picture serviced somewhere uh, recently over the past couple of months with him drinking a Bud Light. Uh, the top three Kid Rock songs, I think, uh, all summer long, if you remember. Is it reached- had the riff of Werewolves of London. Yeah, it reached number one in eight countries. Hit number 23 in the United States. And then Picture with Sheryl Crow. Oh, yeah. I remember um, that one. And then Cowboy. Yeah, probably those are the top three. Great moments in Kid Rock history. This is when he was on Fox News, and he took a little shot at Joy Behar. <laughs> God forbid you say something a little bit wrong. You're racist, homophobic, Islamophobic, this, that, and the other. People need to calm down, get a little less politically correct. And I would say, you know, you know love everybody except... I'd say screw that Joy Behar bitch. Everybody. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Ducey, Steve yeah. Ducey? Steve Ducey. Hey, 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 whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> um, and great moments in Kid Rock history. I got a mashup here for you. Oh, Tell okay. me if this does anything for you. All right. You were talking about All Summer Long being his biggest commercial success hit. Yeah. Somebody mashed that up with the theme song to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Story all about how my life got flipped turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute just sit right here. The Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. What do we got here, Allison? Are we 55:30? We have 55:30. Okay, so Madonna. She's still performing. She's in her 60s, right? We've 
Yeah. Seen some of those those racy Instagram pictures of her. A lot of tread on those tires have been worn off. <laughs> anyway, this isn't about her looks. Um, and there has been some unflattering pictures of her face. Like, like she looks like very, that that doll, madam, and nobody wants to see your grandma yeah. dressed up like a hooker. So she made a huge goof while doing a, a show in Toronto. <laughs> she yelled out, "Boston!" <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me go ahead and play the audio. Like, if you're playing in the United States, <laughs> you're playing, like, maybe, I don't know, Cleveland, and you say Boston, you get confused. Cleveland, Detroit, yeah. you know, you're close, maybe. She's in a different was, country. in a different country. Um, but I think this happens musicians all the time. I mean, there's a hundred different clips of bands and singers we could play that got the, the city wrong. When I was working promotions at WZPL, it's like 2004, we were out at the Counting Crows concert. In 2004, that was the election between Bush and Kerry, right? So, Counting Crows, they're on the stage. Adam Duritz goes up there, takes the microphone, goes on this like five minute rant about why we should all vote for John Kerry. People start booing him, and he goes, I'm sorry, Detroit. So he's probably high. Oh, man. High is an understatement. This dude was the International Space Station. He laid on the stage on his back and talked about why we should vote for John Kerry. I was... Uh, that concert, I mean, that has to be the same date that I saw him with this chick that I was hanging out with at the Barnes & Noble downtown. Uh, we were... She wanted to go buy some book. Chick way out of my league, by the way. Um, and uh, Adam Duritz was in front of us. And the clerk behind the counter checking out his book started weeping freaking out could not believe it was Adam Duritz and he like he turned around I'll never forget he turned around and looked at me and this chick he's like he like held out his hand he's like I, I go I, I don't know I don't know what to do I and so he just he's like it's, it's okay calm down calm down and he never even bought the book <laughs> he just put the book down and walked out I'll just never forget to look Adam Duritz from the County Crows turns around and looked at me and this chick I was with he's like yeah, I, sorry I don't know He's walking back to his hotel room. <laughs> She's not going to vote for Carrie. <laughs> that was it. Right. I'm going to have to convince people on the stage tonight to vote for John Kerry. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! 
Man, I'm really just bummed out about this Jim Ursay news. I hope he's doing okay. Uh, but the TMZ story, Hammer, you have it right there. Uh, lay it out for us again. So TMZ was the first one to break this story. Well, we talked about that earlier with John Herrick, our news director, who came in here. Uh, but TMZ had it first. Jim Ursay was found unresponsive, cold to the touch, blue during what's being called an overdose wow. back on December 8th. Now, since that story broke this morning, other media outlets in the city have got the Carmel Police Department paperwork, and it basically states that on December 8th, at approximately 4.30 a.m., Jim Ursay was found lying on the floor, and then they moved him into his bed. He was unresponsive. He was cold. He was gasping for air. This is all according to the Carmel Police. And when the medics arrived on the scene, they had to give him Narcan to revive him. Yeah, that's usually what they use to revive people going through it like an opiate overdose. And I guess they were minutes away from having to do the the panels, the shock panels oh on gosh. him before the medics arrived. Now, this happened on December 8th, according to the paperwork. But Jim Mercer was then seen at the Steelers game on December 16th. So, because I think a lot of people are saying when the Colts came out like a week or two ago and said he's battling an illness. A severe respiratory. Right. A lot of people thought that these things may have been tied together. That might not necessarily be the case. If he was at the Steelers game on December 16th, yeah. but OD'd on the 8th, maybe he does have a new respiratory illness. Lots of questions here and lots of unanswered questions, I might add, that I really don't know what was in his system. I don't know if there were any charges filed. There's no charges filed. So, no. was it doing anything illegal? So I'm just speculating. Maybe it was just a bad combination of whatever he was taking. Um, now, that, we don't know what was in his system. They had they redacted a lot of the um, the meds he was prescribed. Yes, yeah, because it's like private info. Now, if you remember, he did an interview with HBO on Real Sports with Andrea Kramer, yes. where he had talked about his struggles with rehab and. He was asked, have you OD'd before? How many times did you go into rehab? Oh, God, at least 15 times. Have you actually ever overdosed? Oh, yeah. One time I, I was trying to detox myself, um, and, I, and I mixed, uh, you know, uh, multiple drugs that, that, that I didn't know anything about. And so all of a sudden I started slurring my words, and then... Um, cold blue i stopped breathing and they revived me wow. and the doctor goes um jim you're one lucky man because i had signed virtually the death certificate that sounds similar to what is being described in this police report in terms of how he od'd almost identical let me ask you a question if you're trying to get clean if you're trying to go cold turkey why are you mixing medications like i don't know exactly what that meant Right. Um, but I hope Jim's okay. And I don't know the circumstances. I don't know if this is, I mean, I don't think you ever do it on purpose, but does he have a problem again in this area, I guess is the question I'm asking. The Colts released a statement in regards to Jim Ursay 
And they're basically keeping it close to the vest. Quote, he is still recovering from his respiratory illness. We will have no further comment on his personal health. And we continue to ask that Jim and his family's privacy be respected. Yeah. Now, that line right there, that is rubbing some people the wrong way. I heard Rob talking about this today. If you're somebody that gets taxpayer money to help with your business, I think the people that are paying that money have at least a right to know what's going on. Right? If you're somebody that is paying for Jim Ursay Stadium, which it's taxpayer funded, I don't think it's asking too much for the family to just keep us up to date. You know, I understand the whole respect the privacy angle. I really do. But when you're somebody that is that high on the food chain and you get taxpayer money to fund a stadium, just an update. That's all we're asking for. Keep us in the loop. We're not saying we all need to be there bedside by Jim Ursay and hold his hand, but there's a lot of things at stake here that he's got his hands involved in. This is a powerful man. Arguably, the most powerful man in the state of Indiana is Jim Ursay. Um, some TV news here for you. If you're somebody that is a Pacers fan, or maybe a Reds fan, and you've not been happy with the product on Bally's Sports. Now, I've got Xfinity, and I've been able to watch all the games, but a lot of people don't get Bally's Sports in their cable Yeah, I have um, a Metronet. I might be able to get the games. Yeah. But a lot of people just can't get the network or the streaming portion that they buy just sucks unbelievably, and they're not able to watch like the Pacers. Well, the company that owns... Bally's, the regional TV broadcast partner, has now planned to emerge from bankruptcy, and it looks like there's going to be a partnership with Amazon. So, in the near future, all of those sports teams that are on a Bally's Sports, and this includes the Indiana Pacers, will probably be moving to Amazon Prime. Okay, so get ready. Shell Shell out some more money, Pacer fans. I think some Pacer fans were willing to do that if they had that option because they were so disenfranchised with the crappy product that Bally's was putting out there. They'd be willing to pay just to watch their team. I mean, are you talking about the actual quality of the broadcast or just that it wasn't available? That anywhere? it wasn't available okay. and there's glitches for those who do the streaming. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Freezes up all the time. Sometimes it just buffers and you can't get the game to play. And it's been a pain in the backside. Again, I haven't had any issues with my cable provider. But talk to Kevin Bowen about this. He hasn't, you know, <laughs> eased up on Bally's all season long. <laughs> so this sounds like it will be a okay. good thing. But just like that playoff game showed the other night, a lot of sports are going to start going to that streaming process. Now, it does sound like the Pacers will retain some control and partnership with the distribution. So it won't be too bad. But if you hate Bally's, this is probably good news for you. Okay, let's begin! Are you really okay with this? Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty freaking far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Okay! Okay! Uh, Brooklyn Nets TV announcer, Ian Eagle. 
went off on his analyst partner, Mike Fratello, on the air. The czar, the telestrator, still around? He's still around. Wow. Uh, so this was kind of awkward. Take a listen. It starts with Fratello talking, and then Ian Eagle cycles back to something that had happened earlier uh, earlier in the broadcast. And everything that could go wrong, you know, foul, ball goes in, and one, stops the clock, turnover, turnover, missed free throws when you got fouled of it. It was crazy. Could I make one point? Sure can. I just want to say that earlier, you had a very patronizing tone towards me. I fully understand what a slip screen is. I've been doing the NBA for 18 years. But the way you presented it initially was gobbledygook. So, like the audience, I wanted you to come back and explain yourself. And you then just took a firing line on me. And it was uncalled for. I don't think so. That's exactly what happened. You are overly sensitive to I am not. Did you have a bad day today? <laughs> it's second game of a back-to-back. The it's ride back from Philly, tough. did it like disturb you well, last night? That was two hours with you, which is wow. probably the reason why I've had enough tonight. <laughs> Time out. Wow. Oh, yeah, that is awkward. Are you okay with what you just un- unfolded in that clip? Yes, I love it. <laughs> I am here for it. Now, these guys have a great relationship, right? They so do? I, I feel like they could have these conversations with each other. Like, I've got the NBA uh, League Pass at home. So, every once in a while, I'll turn on and watch a game. And if it's Ian Eagle or Fratello doing the Nets games, you know, they kind of got a witty back and forth with each other. They give each other a hard time. Okay. But there's a little bit more to that. Like it seemed like it. I would love for like the Pacers TV crew to be that way. Wouldn't you love to hear Chris Denary <laughs> turn around and just tell Quinn Buckner to knock it off sometimes? <laughs> like wouldn't you love to hear Denary just snap on somebody? <laughs> Yo, I'd love it. I that that was something different though. I'm sure a conversation was had with the producers and the executives after that game ended. Yeah, and social media was buzzing about it because you know he brought it up like in his little rant there. People wanted Fratello to apologize for sounding like a pop. A-hole. <laughs> Are you okay with this? A Utah woman claims that when she bought her wedding dress, the employees at the store asked for a tip Ugh. when she went to pay for the dress. Here she is. I went shopping for my wedding dress like a week and a half ago, and I ended up finding my dress at the first store that I went to. When I went to go pay, they flipped their little iPad around, and it asked for a tip. I I did not expect to have to, like, tip buying a wedding dress. So I'm just kind of, like, standing there trying to do math in my head, because the dress is already expensive, right? And then, like, a 10%, 10% on, like, a $1,500, $2,000 dress yeah. is, like, another $200. Are you okay with tipping for a wedding dress? No, no. And I said this yesterday. Tipping culture is getting a little bit out of hand. I have no problem. No problem at all. Really taking care of a pizza delivery guy, a DoorDash driver, somebody that's a waiter or a waitress in a restaurant. You know, if you're at a hotel and somebody brings your bags up to the room, fine. Absolutely. I actually tip probably more than most. But if I have to go buy a wedding dress or a suit or something like that, no, you work in retail. You're not getting a tip. You're getting a commission, I would assume. And it I mean, feels that, that, like that's now. Your, that's your tip, is the commission. 
the way you pay for things is always on an iPad. And I wonder if it's just the default system where it brings oh, I up. I see it all the time. Yeah. Tip or not? The Starbucks I go to, uh, they tell me not to tip. They say, you know, I put my credit card in. It says uh, just click no on that, where it says leave a tip. They they tell me just click no on that and then hit hit okay. I don't feel like I should have to tip the subway sandwich worker no. if I no, have no, no. parked and I've walked in the cold. I've gone inside to get my sandwich. You know, those people aren't working on the low wages. They're getting yeah. their regular salary. Waiters and waitresses and delivery drivers, they get the low ball because tips are expected. It's a little over the top. Are you okay with this? A musician named Christian Nolan recently had surgery at the University of Miami to remove a brain tumor. Ooh. His doctors had him play guitar during the procedure. Here he is playing a Fender Strat while covered by surgical plastic. And then we're also going to hear from his doctors who say that rocking out during a surgery is, well, a good thing. It was just like out of this world to just wake up, have people like actively like working inside of your head is a kind of an insane feeling. Having the patient awake and playing guitar while we take out the tumor allows us to be as aggressive as possible, yet still maintain his quality of life and his manual dexterity. Being able to like go to the gym and be active again, which is like a big part of my life, it's been very amazing, like the recovery. That's nuts. Brain surgery while playing the guitar. Are you okay with this? Yes, I am 100% okay with this. Now, this may shock you, Nige. Yes. I'm not a brain surgeon. No. But you're not? You're kidding. Had to do a little research on this, and I guess this is a thing. Technically, the medical term is awake craniotomy, where if they're <laughs> doing something on your brain, and if you're doing some activity, if you're playing the guitar, or if you're you know counting cards or something, the doctors can keep an eye on you just in case they start doing something wrong. Like if all of a sudden he just drops the guitar and freaks out, well, then they've hit something wrong and they can fix that. I think I'm freaking out already because of one thing that you haven't addressed and nobody's addressed here. Uh, would it hurt? The pain, cracking open your skull, and and uh, actually taking out part of your skull to operate on the brain? I would imagine that's pretty painful. Having not had brain surgery in my life, <laughs> I don't know, but I would imagine there's some drugs okay, for so that. Anesthesia. I don't think they just go in there with like a hot fork and just start cutting <laughs> into your head. I don't, I don't think that's how it works. Oh, boy. Here we go. Are you okay with this? Taco Bell just released its first cereal. What do you think? Well, that's fantastic. I was just telling my wife I was looking forward to having diarrhea by 9 (laughs) a.m. The cereal from Taco Bell, and yes, I'm okay with it, it's not going to be anything Mexican food related. It's basically just their cinnamon twist dessert flavor. Yeah, I remember the cinnamon twist at Taco Bell. So if you like cinnamon toast crunch or something like that, then this will be the cereal for you. Unfortunately. So so it's not like Chalupa Flakes. No, 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 no. You're not getting nacho flavored cereal. (laughs) Uh, The bad news, only select markets have this available. New York, LA, Chicago, Miami, Dallas, and Atlanta. So, since we don't get the cereal, we're going to do great moments in cereal history. Are we now? Just to make up for it. Joe Biden was talking about his crappy economy and says, look, 
there's a way around it. Just buy cheap cereal. And by the way, the food prices, the main driver of food prices, is not the price of beef and eggs, etc. Well, they're up. It's packaged goods. Packaged goods. You're going to see people not buying Kellogg's uh, raisin bran, which you're going to see them buy another raisin bran, which would be a dollar cheaper. I mean, so that's the key. That's what people are worried about. That's what they want to hear from the president, right? <laughs> right. Just buy the generic cereal. Got a problem with my Cheap economy? Skate. Take your ass to Aldi's. Biden out. <laughs> Uh, great moments in cereal history. The episode of The Simpsons where Krusty the Clown's children's cereal contained jagged metal O's in it. What about that little boy who got appendicitis from eating your cereal? To prove that this is harmless, I will personally eat one. <laughs> See, there's nothing. Ah, God! Ah, yeah! Ah! Great moments in cereal history. Yes. Anymore? When Mr. T's cereal (laughs) came out, it had a commercial, it had a jingle, and it's so 1980s, it's on brand, but you could tell they didn't have a lot of money to actually get Mr. T to be involved in it. So it's some random dude singing this cheesy jingle, and the only words you ever hear Mr. T say are, (laughs) it's cool. Teaming up with Mr. T's cereal, it's getting on the team, the team that knows how cool breakfast can be. With a touch of brown sugar. Teaming up with Mr. T. It's cool. That's the only Mr. T branding in the whole thing. (laughs) It's cool. And they play it later in the commercial, too, so you could tell they only paid him to say it once. And they just recorded it and played it again later in the commercial. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Hammer over there with a special uh, guest on the hotline. Tony Kennett does a nightly program here at 93 WIBC. He's also an investigative reporter for the Daily Signal. Tonus, before we get into any of the news of the day, I just want to say thank you for coming out to our charity bowling event oh, yeah. this past Friday up at Woodland, the Red, White, and Bowl uh, presented by Jack Daniels. We raised a crap ton of money thousands of dollars for charity and it's awesome that you were able to make it out there because you got a newborn at home that's true i gotta tell you guys it was really a thrill seeing the the success of that event because a lot of people talk about how they support the police or how they support veterans yeah you guys you guys get out and you do events that are not only fun for listeners uh, but actually do something good for the guys who have defended our country and i'm just thrilled to see that that thing turned out to be such a success well thank you so much and again we appreciate the hell out of you uh making a trip up there all right iowa caucus dominant blowout win for donald trump uh your overall thoughts. 
Well, I said earlier on, this is going to prove one thing and one thing only. How much do polls matter in 2023? I had put forward kind of a hypothesis that a lot of people don't really answer polls anymore. You, you pick up the phone, you hear that automated sound, and you hang up because you don't want to talk to some call center asking you a million questions. Well, it turns out that in that hypothesis, it looks like I was wrong. The polls completely match up. And in fact, Trump actually exceeded expectations. I think the best analysis that I have heard uh, from some of my colleagues is that Trump is treated like the incumbent. Not a ton of voters come out because it's just assumed in the Republican Party, Trump is the incumbent president into this race. And that is carrying him through. I mean, Nikki Haley embarrassing herself is Really funny, but it's also a given. I mean, I don't know. It, this it, is a two-person race. <laughs> yeah, nothing like coming in third in a two-person race, as you guys pointed out on Twitter. Well, when you put it that way, yeah, that's a, kind of a rough look. Uh, the coverage of the Iowa caucus was interesting because, again, I'm kind of going back and forth. I'm watching a little bit of the playoff football game. And then right. when that goes to commercial, like it's barely past 8 o'clock. I turn it over. And it's already done. It's been called like just after eight o'clock, Fox, CNN, the Associated Press. They all called this thing. And I have a serious problem with that. And I don't have and it's a lot of the pro MAGA Trump people online were, you know, kind of laughing about this saying, oh, it's because he's done such an overwhelming victory. Look, I, I knew going into this Trump was going to win. Uh, there's a writer over at Red State uh, named Bonchi that was talking about this with me quite a bit. We knew that Trump was going to win. And I'm fine with that. Voted for Trump twice. We'll gladly vote for him again in the general. Uh, but. The issue is that a lot of these major media organizations, they have rules and they say, we do not announce a winner. We don't call a winner until uh, we have all of the polls closed because there is something I, I voted at, at Lawrence over in, in 2020. And I remember standing in this like two and a half hour long line. And if they had called the election when I'm still two hours out, dude, yeah. there's no way I'm sticking around for that. There's no right. way I would get back in my car and leave. I, I do think there is. I don't think that what the DeSantis campaign is saying is that it altered Iowa. Now, Trump was going to win that going away. But, um, guys, uh, we, we do need to be aware of the fact that the media does want Trump to be the nominee. They think of the candidates. He's the easiest target. But now, hold on, hold on, Tony, because I hear from a lot of people that Fox doesn't like Donald Trump and they would love for somebody like Nikki Haley or somebody else to be the nominee. Well, that's true. But there's also a point in saying that Fox wasn't the first to announce that Trump had won Iowa. Fox was, I think, in there's like a little website that I follow that basically checks on who breaks the story and who the followers are that, that will additionally like come down the line and confirm it. Fox was like seventh to the party, which is very unlike Fox. AP, CBS News, AP News, CNN, MSNBC, Reuters, those had all confirmed that Trump, they said that Trump was based on polling the victor for Iowa, and then Fox News jumped on it. And I think that the reason they jumped on it so quickly is, first of all, because they counted on entrance polling, which is not how a caucus works. Um, and then second, uh, they do want Trump to be the nominee, and which, again, is really funny because they also have made a huge blunder and that now it looks like Trump will have the easiest time making it to the White House, which back in January of 23 was not a thing. Now, I mean, Trump has the red carpet laid out to him to the Oval Office. You know, I thought it was funny. Some of the coverage yesterday, liberal head spinning joy reed the oh, crazy race lady delicious blamed uh, nikki haley coming in third on uh racism 
she's she is a she is a woman with brown skin um and you saw a lot of that like the washington post saying look you know iowa is mostly white and older than uh, many other states they no. don't represent the uh, the country uh, joy behar from the view um uh, you know blaming christians for you know t- too many christians <laughs> Too many Michael, let's, let's let's do a little bit of let's do a little bit of investigative reporting here. Okay, what go, what state was Nikki Haley a governor of? That would be South Carolina. Yeah, that's exactly what yes. I said. Now, yes. I don't know if you guys know U.S. history, but what was the state that first seceded from the Union in the Civil War? That's <laughs> supposed to be the most racist and the most Confederate and the most all pro all that stuff. Oh, that's right, Brown Nikki Haley. Was the governor of that? Oh, okay. So maybe it's that um, in rural America. And by the way, the evangelical candidate was not Trump. Ron DeSantis was the evangelical candidate. That's who won most of the evangelical pro-life vote after Trump started getting a little wishy-washy on that particular issue. So they're wrong on all parts, but it's always nice to see MSNBC and CNN just take every moment in the view, of course, to take every moment to bash white Christians because, you know, that worked out so well in 2016. That was such a winning strategy. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I'm seeing some people you know, like use the word Hitler to describe uh, Donald Trump. They're playing the hits uh, again. You know, Joe Biden. Joe Biden's very divisive uh, speech on January fifth or January sixth, calling extremist MAGA Republicans. He tweeted out something about Iowa and extreme MAGA Republicans. Uh, calling Trump voters extremists is not a good strategy for the Biden campaign, is it? I got to tell you, I really like that in states where you have split votes like Nebraska and many of the great plain state. I don't consider Iowa part of the Midwest culturally. Iowa is much more culturally synchronous with the great plains states and the great Plains states have pretty much the same electorate from North Dakota um, all the way over to the western part of Missouri and all the way over then again to eastern Montana. So that huge big block of the country really has the same culture. And to say I was just a bunch of old white Christians, again, when Nebraska could split a few electoral votes for Biden, that's wildly stupid. I mean, if you're that's like keying your own car in an election, they're going to screw themselves out of the very few flimsy electoral votes that Biden pulled last time. But all right. So I'm going to push back a little bit on both of you guys, Nige and you, Tony. Yes, Ooh. it seems ridiculous that that's the angle that the media and the Biden camp is going with. But didn't that work the last time when it was no. these two candidates, Biden no. v. Trump, who we we think it's going to be, you know, I'm more optimistic that Trump's going to be the candidate than I am Joe Biden at this point. But big picture, didn't this work for them last time? No. And there are two reasons why. Number one, because now Trump is the basement candidate and Biden is the incumbent. So this is a referendum on Biden, not a referendum on Trump. Mm. Number two, uh, we are not in the midst of COVID. And number three, and here's the key, Biden didn't run like he's running now last time. Biden didn't run this everyone's evil and bad. Remember what Biden ran as last time? The great moderate. I've had experience for all Americans and I love everybody, (laughs) even you over there, Jim. And that was what he ran on. Thanks. I I was kind of pulling that one out of the rear. But in all honesty, Biden has governed so far to the left and his communication in the White House has been so far to the left that even John Fetterman is criticizing him. I mean, that's a way different Joe than ran in 2020. Way different Joe. But let's not forget, Biden's getting support 
from Pretty Boy up in Canada, old Justin Trudeau. Oh. Uh, the Canadians are very concerned, Tony, about uh, <laughs> Donald Trump and uh, his ability to be very divisive in this country. I love it so much. Justin Trudeau is, you know, if Trump wins, it's going to be really hard on me, which is fantastic because, like, <laughs> Canadians are about ready to, like, literally tar and feather Trudeau, yeah. um, which they should. Uh, but other than the fact that the United States should go ahead and just take Alberta for a state because Alberta <laughs> is just Indiana but north. Um, Look, I, I believe that the president's policy towards Canada should be gun running. Um, look, Obama did that into Mexico. I say yeah. smuggle guns into Canada. If it's hard on Trudeau, well, shucks, eh? You know, I told Nigel yesterday, when I want the opinion from a guy who thinks men can have periods, I'll ask for one. Yeah, exactly. I'm just not interested in the guy who's terrified of a semi-truck driving on the road. Um, I just... Yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't really have any uh, – the guy who doesn't have the stones to hear a truck honking just shouldn't be leading a country. What are you um, working on at the Daily Signal, or are you still kind of just uh, playing a, a new dad again? I am <laughs> – what do you call it, like Chastin Buttigieg? Easy there, <laughs> That's not what I meant. Chastin Kennett. Well, We're going to go see Hamilton. <laughs> I will. I will say that uh, Chastin Buttigieg has griped about me in a in a speech before up in South Bend for the teachers union. But that was that was another time. No, what an honor. this week. Yeah, well, yeah, just, yeah, I, I try. Uh, this week, I am having kind of one last week of relaxation, really just trying to help my my wife out and make sure that our, our kids have all the attention that they need. Although uh, I am kind of writing in the background a few things that are uh a little too big for me to ignore. So all I can tell you is that in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a couple of superintendents who might find themselves out of a job, wow. possibly another sexual assault investigation that happened at a school, not in Indiana, uh, thank God, but so horrible the situation itself is. A lot of details working on that. Um, so there is stuff coming, but I am definitely trying to squeeze out every ounce of break that I can. You know what I mean, Nigel? I, yeah, trust me, <laughs> I, I would be too. I see what you did there. He is on social media at The Tonus. Check out his work on The Daily Signal. And uh, the 7 o'clock program right here at 93 WIBC is the Tony Kennett cast. TK, Tony Kennett, thank you. Have a great afternoon, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, nothing really going on tonight. Is there in terms of sports? Right. I mean, you got there's college basketball games, but nothing I'm interested in. I'm just going to have to bet on something to make myself interested tonight. Well, isn't that why you're degenerate? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, because Pacers off tonight. Uh, no IU or Purdue. They played last night. No uh, football games. You know, playoffs get back going this weekend. So if anybody knows a show, uh, a series or anything that you've gotten into, let me know. And hell, maybe I'll start that tonight uh well like i said we talked about it yesterday the bear on hulu is really good uh you know what i watched last night the kids went to bed breakfast club the old movie the old movie yeah breakfast club hold up for you yeah absolutely does bender was a bastard man like (laughs) chad nelson's character yeah that cast man that was a solid cast what was it the brat pack is that what they were labeled well sure um i think the brat Pack was like Ali Sheedy, Judd Nelson, Andrew McCarthy, Rob Lowe. 
was in that sort of bet. Maybe, maybe Emilio Estevez. Molly Ringwald, Molly I think, Ringwald, was in that category. Yeah. So we're hitting about you know 80% of the names in that Breakfast Club. I think right. it counts. Yeah. I started watching on Peacock, because this was after the playoff games this weekend and the IU-Purdue game, the TED TV series. Oh, I kept on seeing advertisements for that. Was it? Uh, is it any good? Is it funny? It's filthy. It is absolutely <laughs> filthy. That's the Seth MacFarlane. Right, the talking movie. teddy bear that comes to life. It is so filthy. <laughs> but it's, it's got some se- laugh out loud moments. It's a though. series now, though. Yeah, he's turned it into a series, and I'm through two episodes. <laughs> it's it's so <laughs> stupid. Like you just laugh. You laugh at the stupidity of it, but it's just. Not PC. It's oh, no. out there and in your face, which it's a little odd coming from Seth MacFarlane, who's like one of the most woke leftists you're going to find. You would not think that, though, watching his TV shows. No. Like Family Guy. Right, right. He doesn't really have much to do with Family Guy anymore, does he? I he kind of sold off his yeah. rights to it. He just does some voices on it now. But uh, the TED TV series is wild. It's on Peacock if you want to check it out. I would recommend The Bear on Hulu. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.